Welcome back to season 11, episode six of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the DocSF Experience 2023. My name is Dr. Stefan Obini, and I will be your host for the podcast. In our next episode, we will hear from Dr. Nancy Lynch, MD, MBA, talking about the venture summary, which is a summary of the data that she offered us at the DocSF Venture Conference in January of 2023. It is a summary of the investments in the musculoskeletal space, as well as a discussion of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Please join me as we welcome Dr. Nancy Lynch to the DocSF stage. Stefano, thank you very much for the invitation to speak here. We have, for the past two years in January, on the eve of JP Morgan, done DocSF Venture, where we dive deep into the venture investments that are taking place in the musculoskeletal health space, particularly digital health. Stefano this year asked me to give you a summary of what we discussed at that event, and then add a little bit of information on Silicon Valley Bank and the current marketing market environment or for investing. So I break this up into two bits. The first is a very abbreviated review of the data that I presented in January. And then the second part will go into the current market environment for startup financing. Since 2018, $9.6 billion in equity-based capital has been invested into the MSK space. This includes both digital technologies as well as the non-digital things such as conventional devices and biologics. 2021 was a pretty big year for both of those categories with $3.4 billion going into the space. 2022 followed, it was certainly less investment going into the entire MSK space for 2022, but interestingly, the same proportion, let me say this, that $3.4 billion represents about 8% of all the venture investments going into devices and digital technologies. So about 8%, and in 2022, it was about 7%, so even though it was quite a bit less money. And a total of $6 billion of that 9.6 is all digital health. I think it's important to point out for 2021 in particular, there were several mega deals, those deals that are over $100 million that tend to skew up the view of how much money has been going into the space. I pointed out in particular, Hinge Health had two mega deals in one year, which really impacted the total amount of funding that went into MSK that year. So I suppose you wonder, all right, we're here talking about digital MSK, and we know that $6 billion went into digital MSK investments in that five years. What technologies were getting funded? Well, I like to categorize these investments in a particular way. First of all, we've got the orthofacilitative ancillary technologies that were funded that comprise more than 50% of the investments in the space over the five years. What are some examples of that? AI-based imaging, pain management using virtual reality, and some rehabilitation technologies. 20% of it was direct ortho, and what I mean by that is the technologies that orthopedic surgeons use in the operating room or perhaps in taking care of their patients in the office. Another way to look at this is what is sort of the core technology that's the basis of the funding? When you look at just the core technology, and I have to admit to you, it's kind of hard when you look at each of the technologies and each of the products. Many of them have multiple technologies built into what they're doing. But when you look at the core most important technology, 75% of the investments in this space were AI-based. Now, 
about 25% of them were technologies that were relevant to physicians in the operating room, so the OR suite. That's a very quick look at the venture investments that were going into the MSK space over the last five years. When we got the venture capital panel together, I reviewed all that data and a lot more at the event in January. When we got the panel together, we had them respond to that data, but then we asked them to discuss what is going on in the current market environment for venture investing. I was putting these slides together, and I'm going to review that with you. I was putting these slides together the other day, and I realized, well, Sunday, January 8th was exactly two months prior to the death spiral that became Silicon Valley Bank. On that Wednesday, March 8th, very few people in this room knew what was going on. The following day, we became quite aware, and by Friday morning, it was in receivership. So it's a different environment. But Stefano asked me a question, what is the impact of Silicon Valley Bank's collapse on startup financing? And I had to take a step back from that saying, maybe it doesn't have an impact. So I asked the question of myself, does the SVB collapse impact startup financing or funding at all? So I'm sure that you have read an awful lot about Silicon Valley Bank's collapse. I have read a ton, devoured a bunch of articles. There are a lot of idiosyncrasies in Silicon Valley Bank's business model. They have niche clientele. They failed to, key thing here, they failed to hedge the interest rate risk associated with their bond and other long-term debt portfolio. Last week, I don't know if any of you caught this, but the Federal Reserve came out with their report on the collapse. In black and white, they said, this is a textbook case of mismanagement by the bank. That's a pretty extraordinary statement. So I'm not in any way trying to say that the Silicon Valley Bank collapse isn't an important thing. It is, it was, it was very acute and was painful for a certain period of time. But I'm going to argue that it's going to be trivial relative to everything else that's going on in the market right now. In fact, that was going on last year. Venture lending, along with venture capital investments, were already receding in the second half of 2022. Let me show you what I mean in one graph on all of the venture debt that has been allocated over the last 10 years. So the dark blue bars are all of venture debt, and then the light blue bars are healthcare venture debt specifically, or a subset of it. I have overlapped the interest rate. So you can see the, first of all, the inverse relationship, it should be obvious to everybody, but the inverse relationship of interest rates and the impact that that has on any sort of lending. But as the interest rates rose in 2022, venture lending almost came to a halt. You look at this and you say, but Nancy, 2022 looks like an enormous amount of venture debt. You're right. Most of it happened in the first first half of 2022, and then it really is down to a trickle. So if not SVB, then what is impacting startup financing right now? Well, our venture panel, one of the venture capitalists, said to us, it's like a tale of two worlds right now. A few years ago, we were in the Cambrian explosion period, and right now we are in natural selection. But what did he mean by that? So for the environment, pre-2022, in that Cambrian period that he described, it was near zero interest rate policy. You've lived this, you know all of this. You lived through the trillions in stimulus package spending that, that took place a few years ago. And you also lived through the booming stock market that was fueling IPOs. So the venture capitalists, they were looking at this environment. They saw a hot health tech market. They wanted in on those deals because they saw a lot of liquidity. So they were investing in all of this health tech that was accelerated by the pandemic. 
Many of these companies had unproven business models and they were paying up, these venture capitalists were paying up with out of proportion valuations. Couple of charts here to demonstrate what I'm saying. Venture capital has raised a lot of money over the last seven to 10 years. If you look back much earlier, around 2010, at a real low point in the amount of healthcare venture money that has been raised, this was about two to three years after the financial crisis. And I want you to keep that in mind because you're going to see this again in about three or four more slides. So venture raised a bunch of money. They kept going and going and going. And then here it got to 2021. 2021 was 14x what was raised by venture capitalists in 2010. The venture capitalists put it to work all through 2021, up and to the right in healthcare, money was going in from venture capitalists into all of these companies, particularly health tech. And of course, there was a wide open IPO market. Over 1,000 IPOs were done in 2021. It's just unfathomable to me. I'd say it's off the chart, but I mean, it's on the charts. But the IPO market was wide open and venture capitalists were taking advantage of that. They were investing and hoping to get a quick flip. But then something changed. The majority of that was this inflation that we've been dealing with, which we were told was transitory, but not so. What happened then is we had a tightening of private capital availability and the cost of capital also went much higher. We've had looming recessionary forces for over a year now and we're not through it. And we also have market volatility, which is causing the IPO window to close. How does the venture capital industry respond to this? Well, they're showing up all their portfolio companies, making sure that they have reserves to take care of their companies. They're doing extensions on prior rounds. This is probably nuanced that most of you guys don't want to know about, but they're trying to do everything for their own portfolio companies to avoid down rounds. They're also doing, they're being much more selective about new investments into companies. There's a longer due diligence process and there's much more focus on the business model. So there's also a lot less money being put into current rounds and there are the inevitable down rounds associated with that. So what does that look like graphically? 2022 and 2023, remember that IPO chart that I just showed you? This is the same slide, just adding those two years, less than 200 IPOs in 2022. I'm breaking that out, that same IPO information out by quarter, and you can see the difference there. Just you see the downward slide for the IPOs per quarter. I showed you this a little bit ago. This is the venture capital, healthcare venture capital fundraising slide. I had you pay attention to the lower end of the left-hand side of the graph. You see in 2022, healthcare venture capital still raised a lot of money, less than the year prior, but this is a lagging indicator. So what happened in 2010 is a result of forces that were put in place in 2007 and 2008. We're gonna see the same thing happen, in my opinion. We're gonna see the same thing happen with the venture capital fundraising over the next two to three years. Venture capital also stopped putting money in. Sure, they did put money in, but the amount of investments that were going in 2022 really dropped. So I wish I had some great message, some really optimistic message for startups, but I don't. There are significant headwinds ahead of you. This is being driven by a prolonged period of uncertainty. We don't know when that's going to end. We just experienced another rate hike today. We don't know when inflation is going to be under control. We don't know. We know a recession is coming. We don't know what the length or severity of it's going to be. We're looking at a fragile regional bank system right now. And we're also seeing continued volatility in the public markets. And there are other global and political issues that we're dealing with too. I would say this, the 
People who are going to benefit from the current economic environment are the venture capitalists. And I don't mean to be cynical here, but this is where they make their money. You buy low, sell high. They are looking in the new investments that they're doing. They're looking for great opportunities to put money to work in companies at low valuations so that ultimately they can make a return on their investment. And they're also going to have some associated draconian terms with this. But I'm going to tell you this. So this is the natural selection period that we're going through for startups. There are going to be some startups who don't make it. But I'm going to predict, I hope this isn't being recorded, but I'm going to predict that we're going to see the same thing with venture capital. There's going to be a period of time where there's going to be some consolidation and collapse of venture capital. And it's going to, unfortunately, it's going to be the way I'm looking at it. There are going to be some large firms who become larger. They're going to be able to attract all of the capital, but then there are going to be smaller firms who aren't going to make it either. So that may be three, four years down the line, but that's how I see it. I wish I had a better message for you all right now for the startups, but this is the current state of the market. Thank you. One question for you is that at the same time, there's still a lot of money out there looking to be put to work. Yeah, two things. The venture capitalists are either shoring it all up for the reserves for their current portfolio companies, or it's possible LPs will actually take that money back. So, but you're right, there's a lot of money there. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to be put to work. Yeah. Hey, yeah. thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. If you find the talks as incredibly informative and topical as we did, please do share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It would mean a lot if you did, and we encourage you to go listen to some of the previous lectures as well. 